Words are the part of human nature. We write and we speak because it's all we know. It's how we pass things down, communicate with each other and shape the world we live in today. The words we use even speak the character. It can give you the courage to build up and even reason to give up. On the other hand, numbers are all we look up to. Good numbers in account, good numbers in paper, and sometimes even rating ourselves in personal life. Anyway, just imagine, what if we have a battle between words and number? Who will win? Who will overpower? Who we need more? Hey everyone, I am Priya Suchadeva and you are listening to Trending Daddy, the podcast. Your journey to connect with ideas, stories, experiences and people and get the deeper understanding of the world around you starts now. Today I am joined with John Sapkik, creator of Med Celebrity, the fastest med tutor on the planet. His online med tutor helped more than 6.2 million parents and students in 2020 in 235 countries. And Don is also the author of a few books with the value on how to grow and automate your business. In this episode, we are going to discuss the right mindset in math, how we can really learn them, and a few things more about life. I hope I get such a teacher in my high school. Anyways, it's never too late. Tune in. Hey Don, how are you? Welcome to the Training Diary Show. I'm doing well. How about you? Yeah, good as well. So, how are you spending time these days? Uh, what is the COVID situation at your place? We get outside every day. I mean, we don't go to restaurants much unless we do carry out, but we're able to get mm-hmm. outside most days now that it's warming up. How about you? Yeah, actually, in my country, COVID situation is a little bit sick. So we are not supposed to go out and we are spending most of the time in room and, you know, just doing our work. That's it. In which part of country you are residing right now? I'm in Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Mm. In the U.S. It's good to hear that things are getting fine at one place at least. So, Mr. Don, first of, uh, first of all, I'm curious to know that what is this mad celebrity? How, how is it useful for people? Sure. So Math Celebrity is an automated online math tutor. And you could think of it like a Google for math, where you enter your math problem or your search term, you push the button, and in a split second, we will show you the step-by-step work, as well as the answer for how to understand the problem. And last year, we served 6.2 million parents and students in 235 countries. So it's really like a supplement to the curriculum but it's almost a way to fire your math tutor and not have to wait around, not have to schedule a tutoring session. It's just like Google where you log on, drop your problem in and you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And how did you innovate this? Means how did you came up with this idea? So years back, I was at my day job as a programmer and I decided I wanted to branch out and make a little bit more money. And so as I was poking around online, I had a couple people ask me to do math tutoring. So I got one client, one client turned into two, two turned into four. And eventually I ran out of time with 
you know, being married as well as a day job. So I didn't want to give it up, but I wanted to find a way I couldn't scale it. And so anyway, I went back to my day job and I was working with a team in India to develop documentation and a program to understand American pension plans. And, and the guide that they were given before I came on the project was very vague. It was hard to understand. It didn't help the team be able to understand the requirements. So what I did is I took an Excel spreadsheet. I built out all the formulas. But what I did as a, as a bonus is I added another cell where the math changes. So as you change the numbers in the spreadsheet, the math changes. So we sent it back to the team in India and they loved it. I mean, they instantly understood it. It helped move the project along. And that's when the light bulb went off. I said, well, if I can do this for something as boring as American pension plans, why couldn't I do it for math? And so in July of 2007, I, I bought the domain Math Celebrity and I created my first uh, rudimentary calculator. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It, it, came, it innovated in a certain way. Interesting. And in one of your comments on LinkedIn, Mr. Known, where James Pope asked, what will you tell your younger self? You had mentioned that uh, just learn how to master selling and word is yours. So what's that? So if I could rewind time and, you know, if, if you've ever seen the movie Back to the Future where they jump in the DeLorean and they go back in time, if there's mm -hmm. one thing I could do, it would be learn sales and persuasion at an early age. That's the one mistake I made. I mean, I'm learning it now, but if I had started years back, I'd be light years ahead of where I'm at. And the reason why I said learn how to master selling in the world is yours is if you think about the most important skill you can ever acquire in life, it would have to be persuasion. Because even if you aren't a salesman, we're all in sales in one way or another. Throughout our lives, we're going to need to persuade people to our side, whether it's selling a product or an idea or a service or a vision. Persuasion is eternal for everybody on this planet. Now, if you think about any job you've ever worked at, without a salesman to sell the product, the idea, or the service, nobody really has a job, right? Because when no money comes in, nothing happens. Phrased another way, sales is the oxygen for any business. And this is why I love the old saying, nothing happens until somebody sells something. Because I spent my earlier years learning technology, and it's kind of the one regret I have is if I could start earlier and master sales in an early age, I, I can't even imagine where I'd be now. And I think that applies for everybody. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So what is the best selling skill or persuasion skill that you have you know, learned so far? If I talk about the present. I'd say just understanding people's emotions. I mean, when I study master sales salespeople, the one mm -hmm. continuous thread I keep hearing is people buy an emotion and they justify it later with logic. And the biggest mistakes I've made is try to convince people logically of an argument or, or a presentation. But as I started learning and getting better, I moved to more emotional hooks. So what is the driver that makes somebody make an emotional decision? Um, what, what are the deep emotions people have when they're not just buying a product, but like the pain in their life? Because when you're selling something, really, you're either moving somebody towards pleasure, or you're moving them away from pain. And both of those scenarios involve deep emotions. And if you can, if you can bring those emotions to the surface and help people find out what they really want, that's how you're, you can get really good at selling. Yeah, you mentioned one another great thing that, you know, 
that somehow we all are in selling profession no matter what are you doing whether you're into the arts some entertainment business or literally you know into some products or e-commerce business we all are into selling we need to master this persuasion skill indeed also this led me to another thing that what is important to you power of number or power of words or i should say what do you think it is important to be you know both creative good in numbers or both be creative or good in numbers simultaneously if i'm building off my last answer i'd say the power of words and this is why as i talked about earlier the most powerful skill i think you can acquire in life is persuasion and in person, we can use body language, right? We could use tone of voice, we could use posture, but on the web and in speaking and over the phone, we, we, we only have the words. The words are really the only thing we can control. We can't control the situation, we can't control the other person, but we can control our words. And I've discovered that the right words in the right order give you power to move people over to your line of thinking. And I mean, I've seen this testing headlines for books and articles and sales pages I wrote for products. If you just take a simple word change, keeping everything else equal, your product, the image, everything else, one word change sometimes explodes response by double, triple, or even quadruple. And it all comes from the power of the right words. I mean, if you think about it, words have the power to build somebody up or tear somebody down. So you wanna make sure you're a construction worker instead of a demolition man with your words. Mm -hmm. The old saying, action is louder than words, doesn't stand here. Words are equally important as your action. I think so in sales. And again, we've got body language, which you can use. But if you're not in person, really all you have is your words and your tone of voice. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And also in some of your posts, you had mentioned that the most powerful word in the world is I am. So what's the essence of I am? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of metaphysics. So I got this principle from a guy named Neville Goddard who was in the self-help movement years back. And when you say the phrase, I am, what you're really doing is you're claiming an inheritance of identity. So think about when you meet somebody for the first time and you're getting to know them. And one of the things you usually ask is what do you do for a living or what's your job? Now you'll hear two different responses. The first is they'll say something like, I work in accounting. But there's a small group of people that say, I am an accountant. So there's two very different things going on with these two responses. When you're working in accounting, what that really means is you're just giving a partial donation of your time for a skill set versus mm -hmm. the phrase I am. I am signifies being. If you look at the top people in any industry, they subscribe to, to a concept called being and not doing. And what this means is they're claiming an identity, not just a job. And so I think this is why the phrase I am is the most two powerful words in the world because they provide an identity shift. I mean, if you go back and look at the Bible, for instance, the phrase I am appears over 300 times in reference to God. The phrase I am appears over 300 times in reference to God because it's a claiming of identity. And I think that's why that phrase is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And you know, that's why when we, we are taught to write the affirmations, they are always stated in I am rather than anything else. So whether you just take any book, uh, just 
whenever I came across with any article or interview, whether it's from Oprah or anybody else, whether there are some spiritual teachers, the there is a specific essence of I am. So indeed. Also, don't uh, there's one thing I'm always curious to know what is the one trend that you really want to see more evolving in the new world, or one trend that you really want to see more embraced in the new era. I'd love to see people move away from the fear-based addiction of the news and the media and the constant negativity in the press. And I think we've seen no more perfect example of this than over the last year. So I, I made this change years ago. I mean, I used to kind of watch the news. I wasn't glued to it, but I'd, I'd check in with it every day. And when I made this change years ago, it transformed my life. So I'd urge people to turn off the news, the TV, and the mainstream media. Now, why do I say this? Because people don't realize the news doesn't really sell news. They have one job, and that's to attract eyeballs because they get paid through advertising. And how do they do this? Well, they do this with sensationalism. There's an old saying about the media I love, and it's, if it bleeds, it leads. And what that means is to get eyeballs, they have to, they have to go for the lowest level quotient of sensationalism. So psychology today had a fascinating study. And they found that there's a growing evidence that negative news can affect our mental health, most, mostly in the form of increased anxiety, depression, and acute stress reactions. So I know people that get their entire life from the news. When I go see them or talk to them, they really don't have a personal identity or experience. They're just parroting back what they saw on the news. And so when you, when you think about that, that's how a lot of people's lives are shaped. But when you disconnect from all the news, something incredible happens. Your outlook begins to change, your anxiety starts to vanish, and you start seeing the real beauty in the world from an experience-based perspective and not from a narrative. And I know there's some people out there that's going to say, well, I need to know what's going on in the world. And for those people, I say this, if something is important enough, it's going to find its way to you. Uh, and, and as I said before, I'm a big metaphysics believer. And the golden thread that runs through all metaphysics books is this. We become what we think about most. So if the news is dominating your life, what do you think happens to your mental outlook, right? Instead, why not turn off the news? And if we can do this, we'll experience a paradigm shift of, of people's perspective. And this is the change that I like to see in the world. Thank you so much for sharing it because this is something, you know, I am really big fan of at home. If I see my parents, my neighbors uh, doing something most, it's switching on the news and especially in the COVID time and people don't have much to do. They can't go out, hang out with their friends. The only thing they are, you know, stuck with is news. And I personally myself not a big fan of uh, watching news. And you said it so right that it's, it's just they are doing their their job and we can't blame them because it's a business itself. So they're just selling their stuff. And if it's negativity, which help them to sell, they're doing it. But you said it so right. It's really important that we should, you know, just stay, stay away from negativity as much as possible. And this is something I'm, this concept is something I'm really, really big fan of, really big fan of. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, if you look at, people who cling to the news and negativity versus people like us who are trying to find a positive perspective. Look at people who are attached to the news versus people like us who have a positive outlook. There's really two paths you can walk in life. You can either A, 
have a fear of the future or B, have faith in the future? And the question becomes, which path are you going to walk? Indeed. And when you switch off that, uh, you know, box and get into the real world, you really got to know that world is far beautiful than that we have thought of the, all the negative news that we see on social media, all the hype that had been created. Indeed, I we should, you know, see both the negative and positive sides. But once you get out, I myself have realized that people are not that scary. They are, you know, they are to help you whenever you are in danger or something. So it's important, it's, it's important to get into the real world rather than just stuck there and believe on the lies. Exactly. There's a lot out in Mother Nature. If, if people would just get out, shut off the news and go experience, there's a whole world of beauty out there that's been created for us. And also you have mentioned about, you know, the law of metaphysics. So, so how, what's the best law or, you know, what's the best principle that you have learned that you apply most in your life? If I had to pick one principle, I'm a, I'm a, I love uh, the power of expectation. And so the old Roman poet Horace had a great phrase, which I have engraved, laser engraved on a plaque in my office. And it, and it goes like this, life is largely a matter of expectation. And so what that means is if you go into any situation, whether it's a new job or meeting somebody new or a new business venture or just learning a new skill, if you expect that you're going to do well, <clears throat> chances are the universe is going to line up for you and, and, and you'll do well. And on the flip side, if you expect that, oh, you're, you have limiting beliefs, I'm not that good at X or my family taught me that, you know, I'm not really good at this. Chances are the future is going to fulfill the, the story that you're telling yourself. And so there, there's, there's a powerful principle and expectation that I wish more people would get to know. And if you go back to all the spiritual works, if you go back to the top people in any industry, there, there's, a, there's an air of expectation. I think another phrase I've heard is act as if. So if you want to be rich or you want to be confident, but you're not there yet, you could, you could read books and you could practice and you can watch what the best people are doing. But, but a powerful principle, which goes back to metaphysics, is act as if. So act as if you have the net worth that you're dreaming of. Act as if you have the confidence that you want. If you can combine expectation with desire, if you combine those two things and walk into situations, I don't think there's any goal on the planet that you can't achieve. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And the, there's an old saying, fake it until you make it. So, yeah. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that saying too. I think, I think act as if though puts, puts faith and expectation behind it versus versus more of the pretending, but you, you bring up a good point. And also you seem to be pretty, you know, big fan of books. What I believe that the people who are not big fan of news, at least they have a core and, you know, sweet love for books. So if I'm not wrong, what is the best book you have read so far? Oh, that's a tough question. I got over through my office. If I had to pick one, I would probably say, this is a tough question. I'd probably say Feeling is the Secret by Neville Goddard. 
And so that goes. Feeling is that? that? Sorry. Fe yeah, feeling is the secret by mm -hmm. Neville Goddard. And so that that the, the gist of that book is exactly what we just talked about. It's combining expectation with desire. So you pull in a vision of the future of who you want to be, mm -hmm. but you have the faith that you're going to get it, but you have to combine it with a desire you would experience the, the moment you achieve that. So let's say you have, let's say you want to be, you want to get promoted at a job, right? Think about, think about the one event that's going to happen when you get promoted. So you'll get either a handshake from your boss or you get a piece of paper that shows your new job role with your new salary. What Neville Goddard says is you replay that instance in your mind over and over again. You're going to develop a primary emotion. Maybe it's joy, maybe it's excitement, whatever it is. You combine the vision with the emotion and the expectation that you're going to see that vision, but you, you expect it now. So you play that, that vision in the future with the emotion, but you play that vision out over in your head when, you, when you're meditating or you're doing your affirmations. And the feeling is the secret. That's the title, right? So the feeling is really, expectation is one thing, but do you have the emotion behind it? Do you have that emotion that says, I believe I'm going to have this, and this is exactly how I'm going to feel the second I achieve it? And so that's the, that's the one book I would recommend to anybody who's going after something greater than what they have right now. But what do you think that feelings are something that we have control over? Uh, because what I believe, if, if something is happening good around me, I suddenly start feeling good, you know? If there's a lot of negativity, if my people are suffering, whatever it's happening around me, somewhere what I believe external sources do affect if, if I talk in a very practical manner. So feeling, do you believe that or do you think that that feelings are something is in our control or we don't have any control over it? Great question. I, I think your environment influences you if you let it. But on the flip side, if, if you go back to Neville Goddard's works, if you have the emotion and the expectation of something, let, like let's say you're hanging around three other people and they're very depressed about their job. But going back to my example, you have an expectation and a desire that you're going to get promoted. <clears throat> now, you could let those other three people get you down and start dragging you down with maybe I'm not going to get promoted. Maybe it's not in the stars for me. Maybe, maybe I'm just not worth it. Mm -hmm. The flip side of that is your expectation and desire is so powerful that not only do those other three people not affect you, you're actually putting out energy which changes the way they act around you. So if you've ever read the, if you've not read this book, I highly recommend it. it's called power versus force. So force, they measure e each emotion comes with an energy signature and the negative emotions obviously are lower on the scale, but as you move higher up into the power, because power will overtake force and, and according to the author. So the power absorbs the negative emotions. And not only that, it can actually turn them around. So if you've ever been around negative people and you hold, you hold a positive state of mind and you do it enough, it's almost like your will is overtaking theirs and you'll start to see a change in these people. I mean, the easier version is just if you want to get promoted and you believe you're going to get promoted and you don't want to hear the negative emotions, you can just disconnect from those people. But the other option is you hold your frame. They can say whatever they want about the job in our example. They could say whatever they want about the boss or the company. But your desire and expectation puts out an energy signature. And if you, 
If you have absolute expectation you're going to get promoted and you have the emotion behind it, nobody or nothing can affect your, your inner energy. Because at the end of the day, really, all we're doing is we're putting out energy, right? Money is yeah. energy. Friendships are energy. Relationships are energy. And if you look at the definition of energy, energy is really just the ability to do work. And so the work you're doing when you have expectation and desire is actually changing people's mindsets. Your aura is coming out and influencing those people in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And here you introduce again a great concept of energy because I myself is a, you know, connect with people, connect with anything. It's because of energy more than anything. You know, before knowing that person, you feel a vibe that, okay, he or she is the right person to be in touch with, whether it's professional or personal. And uh, maybe it applies to other aspects of life, as you said, whether it's in your you know, financial life, whether it's in your health life or anything. So energy plays a really important part. Yeah, I mean, if you, you bring up a great point. And so there's some people that may be listening to this podcast, as well as, you know, people I've dealt with too, that say, well, Don, where's the science behind metaphysics? It sounds all woo-woo and, and hokey. Where's the science? And for those people, I'd recommend a book called The Field by Lynn McTaggart. And so what Lynn McTaggart has done in the field that she's taken metaphysics and brought up and shown you the scientific evidence. So when we shift our mindset, we actually give off a different energy signature. Our cell, our, our cell we change all the way at the cellular level. And you, you brought up a good point about when you go into a situation, if you're mm-hmm. nervous, even if you're trying to put on a fake smile, the mm-hmm. inner self is always coming. How many knew where you walk into a room? People can sense the emotion you're experiencing inside, even if you don't have the facial reactions. And so if, you're, if your vibe is aligned with your beliefs, mm-hmm. people can pick that up. They, they actually want to gravitate towards you and be around you, especially if you have a positive expectation. It's amazing the change that happens at the cellular level when, when, when your vibe changes for the better. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I guess that's all, Mr. Don. Uh, I had a really great chat with you. I wasn't very much aware about the concept of metaphysics. And uh, it's really interesting to know the world of metaphysics. Otherwise, I was just imagining it's something typical, some equations that people have to solve, but it has a lot to do with the life. So it's interesting. And I'm going to have a look on all the books that you have recommended. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a good time. Yeah. Thanks, Ron. It was great having you. And you beautiful people, thank you so much for listening. I hope you get some value today. And I hope you're staying at home and keeping safe. I'll see you soon in the next episode. Till then, stay tuned and God bless us all.